Welcome back to the Caps On Podcast. My name is Tyler Blumenstick, joined by Nick Tobias, Anthony Mano, and Sam Meehan. It is week five of the NFL season. Um, it's our fourth episode. We bring you every single betting line. Well, not every single one, but we touch on primetime games as well as locks of the week and make the case, uh, which is a segment we'll get to later in the show. Um, but we're going to kick it off here. Let's start with our locks of the week. Um, wait, 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 wait. Right. We're not going to talk about Thursday. No. No, shut shut your mouth. Because you were all wrong and I was right. It's why, it's why you don't want to talk about it. It was a birthday lock. It's the one time you actually – You don't want to talk actually... about it because I was right. You don't want to talk about it because I was right. All right, fine. It was the one time in about 100 tries that you were right we were all wrong, okay? Congratulations. Nick, okay? you took six points with the Dolphins last week. Okay. Hey, I did that too. What, what did and I'm going to do it again this week. What did I take yesterday? What did I take I'm yesterday? I'm taking nine with them this week, too. I don't know, Nick. Why don't you tell the people what you took? I took the Bears plus three and a half plus four and a half. I don't care. I took the money line. And who won the football game? Yeah, because Tom Brady has fucking dementia. I forgot what down it was. Bro, I don't care. I don't care. Who won the football game? The fucking Bears did, but I know hey, they won the football game. It was a classic birthday lock. So, but uh, happy birthday, Nick. Um, that's your one winner of the week. So, okay, we can move on. Yeah, move, even move a blind over. squirrel gets a nut every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Broke clock is right twice a day, there, bud. Yes, sir. Right. It is. Let's transition into our uh, locks of the week. Um, anybody want to kick it off? <laughs> I'll start. Because I won golf today, I'm going to start off. Um, so some might say, hey, Sam, why the hell would you give five and a half points to an 0-4 team? Meaning yeah, that my lock you, of the week is the that? Houston Texans minus five and a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I see Anthony's shaking his head, no. But I think this is a Deshaun Watson fuck you game. Like, he's finally free of Bill O'Brien. Not, not that he was, like, necessarily holding him back, but he didn't like him very, very much. And Nobody on the, that ja- the Jaguars, that. they you thought week one against when they beat up on the Colts, like, oh, are they going to be good this year? No, it was a fluke. They are the worst team in football. And That's bold. I, that's yeah, a, the, yeah, that's bold. They're worse than the Jets? The worst, the worst team besides the two New Jersey teams. Hmm. We'll say that. New Jersey, okay. Yeah, East Rutherford, baby. The worst stadium in football, but, but I digress. Um, Jacksonville stinks. And I feel like Houston should not be their own four, but, like, they played, I know, three good teams. Who did they play last week? Minnesota, who – is back, and we'll, I'll get to that later. Um, they played three good football teams and one team that who knows what the hell they are. I think five points against the worst team in football is easy. I think they're going to win this game by three touchdowns. Right. That's a lot of touchdowns. That's a yeah. lot of touchdowns. I think it's feasible. It's completely possible. 38-17 Texans. If they open their playbook okay. and let Deshaun Watson do what he is capable of doing. That's what I'm not, expecting. And not let him, you know, do little dink and dunks and always playing from behind and trying to force the run game. Uh, I, I, I could see it too. I don't know exactly who's calling the plays. Um, 
It can't be. But I know Romeo Cornell. They're just going to do Ask Madden every time and then see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think it could I think it could get up there. I think the um the Texans are better than an 0 and four team. Their roster doesn't say 0 and four. It's just the fact that I don't think they bought into what Bill O'Brien was pushing them anymore. Um, you know, we can see Deshaun Watson, you know, bust a game open with his legs or with That's his arm. It's it's they're very d- they're feasible. due, honestly. I they're just due for a win. Yeah. But does a I win think that's a pretty safe does pick. a win constitute them covering the spread? Now I look at Jackson. You know, like not necessarily like I they do for a win, but I think in this case it's going to be a dominant win. It's going to be hey. See, I, I don't know if it's going to be the dominant. Jaguars suck, dude. The Jaguars are so bad. They're okay. The Jaguars' defense is not good. But you look at Houston's defense, who's really not that good either. I mean, Gardner Minshew for the Jaguars is really overperformed. So are you? Yeah. Are you? Are you going to put Minshew with Watson? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But you. What are you saying, Nick? What are you saying? Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I think like if you're going like yeah, like so. I think Houston's defense is better than Jacksonville's defense, and their offense is significantly better than Jacksonville's defense. I think five and a half points is easy. Their quarter, no, their quarterback play is significantly better than 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 Jacksonville. Yes, but you look at Jackson. You look at Houston as a whole. And I think Jacksonville's overall offense between DJ Chark, um, Keelan Cole, uh, James Robinson, and, and their overall camaraderie and what they have as, as a team on the offensive side might be better off than what Houston has. I mean, yes, their quarter Houston has Deshaun Watson, who's a better overall quarterback than Minshew. I'm not going to argue that. Um, but Minshew can make plays happen, and we've seen it time and time again from last year and early this year. Um I mean, a touchdown uh, – what were we talking, six or seven points here? I mean, we're talking a touchdown spread, and it's close. I mean, I, th- this game, I feel like um, – This game will not be close. close. If, if, if I see this game as, as a game that could be – that should have been played or could have been played in the U.K. as like how it usually has been in, in previous years. And so I feel like show, game, saying. <laughs> I feel like this game is going to be a lot closer than most people think. I mean, I think Houston squeaks out the win – um, but I think this game is going to be a lot closer than most people think. Nick, you know, you're just creating they, you're creating segments for us next week to shit on you once again. If they o- if they open up that playbook and let Watson like you know do his thing, you know it's not it's not super important that he has like these. Obviously, Gunnar Hopkins would be great in the situation, but you know he's. But what does does Randall Cobb really but scare it, you? No, does, like does if, if skills really scare you. If you really open up the playbook that you. You don't need like these top tier receivers if they're wide the fuck okay, open downfield okay. with these if shenanigans you want to talk going about on. Opening up the playbook, then we'll talk about the Browns even previous, like last year or the past two years, when they have OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, and a top five pick. It takes that took some time, but well, all mean, right, all right. I'm gonna do I some. We'll I'm gonna do some crowd control here. This was Sam's lock of the week. We still have three more to get to and a couple more segments. <laughs> So, Nick, Nick, how about you give your lock of the week? And Sorry about that. Know. Okay. All right. Well, I was talking about the Browns before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about them right now. Um, Browns plus one and a half. Yeah, uh, baby! Yeah, As a I, lock I, of the week? As a lock. As a lock of the week. I think that right now they're a pick-em, actually. Um, I take them It's as, gone from – I think they're actually minus one, but they were at plus one and a half literally last night when I was at a bar with Tom. Fuck you, Tom. We're taking the fucking Browns. 
Um, they uh, okay. they opened at three and a half. They opened at three oh, and a half, and the line has moved all the way down because Vegas understands that the Browns are a far yeah, better team. I do that now, actually, the public it moves any further. Are we done? Oh, now you're going to ask done? that question. Oh, no, no, keep going. Okay, Please. the Browns are a far and better team than the Indianapolis Colts are. You look at an Indianapolis Colts t- t- offense. Well, I'll start with their offense. You're talking about Phillip Rivers – who is really on the bad side of his career. He, he, he isn't producing the way he used to when he was in, in San Diego or L.A., whatever you want to consider it now. That offense, yes, he has a great offensive line. Um, his wide receiving core isn't there anymore. He's got T.Y. Hilton, who can't really figure it out, Paris Campbell, um, Michael Pittman Jr., who are on the injury list. And, and it's not really too scary. I mean, you look at Phil Rivers, and he's throwing pick sixes, and he's not a trustworthy quarterback. Cleveland, you look at they put 49 points on the Cowboys defense last week, and now you look at the Cowboys defense who's very – I think my high school team could do that too, but – All right. I don't know if – okay, fine. You want to talk about it? Fine. I don't think your your high school team can do that. I don't think my high school team can do that. That's obviously – it's not an exaggeration, but their defense stinks. Their defense does stink, and that's fine. But but Baker Mayfield looks like he finally has developed some sort of a chemistry, some sort of a rapport – with OBJ, who had 154 receiving yards and three scores last week. Yeah, 57 so, or 60 of those yards was from Jarvis Landry. So I don't know what report you're talking who about. Who throws dimes, by the way. With his left hand. You know he throws a baseball with his right? I saw that. That was Can weird. Explain but... that? Ambidextrous. It's crazy. I get it. I get it. It's a fluke. It was a fluky. I think it was a fluky outburst. I should uh, pull lefty, week. but I do everything else righty. I mean, look, if I, I, I had to get, put a play I on this. I get the game, logic there. If I had to make a play on this game, I am actually trending towards the under. It's set at 47 and a half. Um, Indy has one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. Um, like Nick mentioned, Phillip Rivers is without his top targets. Like, yes, he has T.Y. Hilton, but he's not T.Y. Hilton of the past. They have their dual threat tight ends. They're going to keep the ball on the ground. It's going to run the clock out. Cleveland has a two-headed monster of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. That's going to be out. Chubb is out. Clock. Uh, look, I, I, think, I Wait, think this game is that? poised to go under. I could see this being like a maybe 30 to like 17 game, 28, wait, 17 game. Wait, Nick, who's out? Chubb. Is I, regardless, yeah, they're, they're going to keep that on the ground. Playing. It's more a play on Indianapolis's slow offense and yes. the fact so that they're going to be able to move the ball, but it's going to be on the ground. And the, and the under is a good shout here, but my, sure? my, my whole thing on this game is Indianapolis Indianapolis's offense as a whole. You know, it, they've, they've scored seven offensive touchdowns in their past four games. Um, and like I said, it, it, it really indicates a difficulty for Phillip Rivers and, and his whole offense to find the end zone. Oh, okay. And I don't trust that there. team to score more than 20 points. Now, I look at Cleveland, and you look at what they have as a whole on their offensive side. Kareem Hunt is a stud. Okay, they, they have OBJ Jarvis Landry. You have Austin Hooper, who was – it was a baller last year. Maybe he isn't isn't this year, but it seems like Stefanski is finding a way how to to, to run this offense through Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. where Baker Mayfield looks comfortable. He and looks I, like a different quarterback. He Look, looks I, like a different I, quarterback, and I feel comfortable taking the Cleveland Browns in this game. This is four. This would be four straight wins for the Cleveland Browns, which would be the first time in at least five, six, seven years, and I feel comfortable taking it. As you spoke, I put money on the Cleveland Browns before it even gets bigger than one point. So, yeah, I don't want to harp on this game any longer because we still have more to get to. But I'm gonna just go with one final closing point on this. I look back to the the week two game, Indy versus Minnesota. 
I feel like Minnesota's offense can compare to Cleveland's offense in the way that they have a top running back. They have pretty good wide receivers in Adam Thielen. And, and I mean, I would still give the Browns the edge, but Thielen and Jefferson are still capable of putting up points. And then Kirk and Baker Mayfield, they're pretty average quarterbacks. And Indi- but Kirk they still have the ability to play. Don't tell Mano that. Oh, yeah. Let's not, let's not go on the Kirk Cousins. They're team, average please. quarterbacks. They have the ability to throw in clunkers more often than they throw in a good game. They were kept to 11 points, the Vikings, against this Colts defense. And this Colts defense has only let up 29 points in the last three weeks. So take it for what you will. But, Mano, you want to go with your lock? I'll talk about that later. Yeah, I'm taking Carolina as my lock against Atlanta. Oh, okay. let's hear this. I think, no! I think, yeah. Let's hear this. I, for me, it's a lot Falcons, easier. baby. It's a lot easier to take the Panthers' offense in this game, especially when the Falcons haven't played any defense this entire season. Um, the Carolina crazy. Panthers, they don't have inspiring names on that offense, but when you look at what Teddy Bridgewater is able to get the ball to Mike Davis with without CMC – Mike Davis is one of the better running backs in the league when CMC is out. Um, They have Robbie Anderson, they have DJ Moore, and they have Curtis Samuel. That's three pretty good wide receivers that Teddy Bridgewater is able to get the ball to. It's, I I don't know why this is one and a half when Atlanta has failed to play defense this entire year. It just feels awesome. Now I agree. And I think I'm pretty sure Atlanta is going to be without Julio too. Um, but the Panthers, they beat the Chargers and the Cardinals and holding them to a combined 37 That's points. two solid teams. Two, uh, I mean, two, yes, two solid teams. And Herbert's that can't, dude. I feel like you can't trust, and like Mano said, you can't trust Atlanta's defense at this point. You saw Never. them how they got shredded last week by, uh, uh, by Aaron Rodgers. Dude, everyone's getting shredded by Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> It, but it's not just shredded. You see Jace, Jace uh, Toyin, whatever his name is, the, the tight end for the Packers, just sitting Onion. wide open for three touchdowns. Yeah, and it just looks like it's garbage. It's garbage. And, and I don't think Atlanta wants to play for that their head coach anymore. I think that definitely plays a huge factor. So I could definitely see Carolina in this game. You know, Dan, Dan Quinn's about two years, you know, past when he's been fired. So – and maybe this year is the finally the year that he's donezo. If he loses this game and they go five and five, if they go zero and five, I think that's I he think has to be have gone. To pull the trigger. But the and on the other side of that, this past week, but he's still freaking there. On the other side of that coaching staff, I mean, Carolina led by Matt Rule and Joe Brady, like they look like that's something to be messed with. If they get legitimate pieces there, like a decent quarterback that's not Teddy Bridgewater, if they can stumble hey, their way into an early Bridgewater pick, solid. It's funny, Bridgewater is solid. I, I didn't. I didn't think Bridgewater was going to be able to this get. This was C Mac too. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to be able to get it done. But you look at Robbie Anderson taking a huge step on that offense, and and somehow they're uh, Robbie Anderson's still Robbie Anderson. He's just not the Jets fast. anymore. Which is true. Which is <laughs> true. But like the fact that you, you you're zero and two with Christian McCaffrey in the lineup, and then you're two and zero without him in the lineup, it's a little funky for me. And I think. It, part of me thinks that Carolina's due for a loss and Atlanta's due for a W. That's what I'm, that's my logic. Um, I don't. I personally don't want to touch this game, but I like the logic on the Carolina side. All right, I'm going to close out the lock of the week segment here. I mean, with the coronavirus pushed back slate, I mean, there's not much to go with. Like, I feel like there's only a select amount of locks a week that you can really choose from. Um, I, I'm going to. 
it's really bad that I have to kind of like pick a different game for this because I, I mean, I really wanted to go with the Colts, but I mean, I'm going to go with the Rams minus seven and a half. That hook, the little like captain hook there after the seven and a half kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, only because we don't know what we're going to get from uh, Kyle Allen this week. I mean, he showed that Nothing. he was a viable backup in Carolina, but look, it's a brand new team with less weapons. Um, I just think the Rams are a class above and, and they should be able to win this game by 10 points or more. I mean, it's in Washington, so that scares me a little bit, but the Rams have been on the East coast. Um, they're doing their job and then they have the ability to go out and score points. So look, I'm, I'm going to lock in the Rams at minus seven and a half. Um, so I think we're going to move along now. Let's go to the Sunday night game and then we'll go to make the case. Then we'll go to Monday night and then we'll wrap it up. So Let's go to our Sunday night game with the Vikings visiting the Seahawks. Uh, the line is set at Seahawks minus seven. The total set at a whopping 57. Um, Seattle's minus 300 on the money line and the Vikings at plus 265. Um, initial thoughts. What do you guys got? Vikings. Money line. <laughs> wow. You, you are crazy. You're crazy. You got to be crazy to make money, baby. All right, so uh, – Vikings money line. That's no, the Seahawks are going to win this game, but seven points. That's a little must for my liking. The it seems the last two weeks the the Vikings offense has woken up. Like they finally figured out, like hey, like we're probably pretty good. And Kirk Cousins is in in what? In Kirk Cousins in what though? It's an eight twenty game. It's Kirk Cousins in. Oh shit! Prime time. It's in prime time. He's due for one. <laughs> no, but seven points. I mean, like the Seahawks. No, they're they're offense terrific. Russell Wilson MVP right now. If either him or Aaron Rodgers, but Jamal Adams out. Quinn Dunbar out. That secondary is a little. Uh, thin. Dunbar is questionable. Dunbar is questionable. And even if he is in, like he's going to be hobbled. Like you know, I see. I see a shootout. So honestly, over fifty-seven. Oh, I want to take it. So I'm not going to make it a pick, but yeah, Kirk gonna, Cousins is not going to put up the points. I think he can keep I'm gonna it close. See what but he's not going to put the points up for the over. I'm going to see what happens. You know, with, with that line going in a time night. if it drops a couple points, maybe. But I think the I think it stays a close game. Like the what they put up thirty points two weeks in a row against. Let me see. I have it. Here. Titans and the Texans. Yeah, so Texans, Titans, like, I guess the two teams that, like, should have good defenses, but they're kind of underperforming this year. But I, I mean, see, Dalvin I Cook's see. not out, but he did get banged up last week at some point in the game. I mean, I know it's expected, but – And also, so this is – He doesn't have a designation, but we'll – This see. is a must-win game for the Vikings. Yes, but – okay, so here – this is where you look at Minnesota as a run-first offense, and that's how they've been ever since Zimmer has been a head coach. Um, Minnesota is their second overall in the league with 5.3 yards per carry on the ground because they're averaging the fifth most attempts per game. Seattle is those really don't correlate because you know you don't your yards per attempt don't increase as you get more attempts. I'm just saying, like, it's kind of those two stats don't really go together. Okay, well, Seattle is sixth best overall in the league, only giving up around 3.4 yards per carry on the run. So the only way to beat 
Seattle is through the air, but the, now we've already talked about Kirk Cousins prime time through the air. Now, Justin Jefferson has already exceeded expectations being a rookie wide receiver. Um, you know, the past two weeks getting close to 100 yards per game. Um, but you look at the, the overall team and, and the way that the Vikings play, I can't see them straying away from the run too much. They're going to put the ball in Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison's hands, and it's going to be all on them. If Dalvin Cook can score two touchdowns, and Matt, okay, if him and Madison can put together two or three touchdowns, then the game is going to be close. But if they can't, they can't muster a touchdown, then it's going to be on Kirk Cousins. And you're going to see a game, I think, similar. Against a very, like, thin secondary in with Seattle, then, yeah, Kirk it Cousins. It doesn't matter. He it doesn't play. matter. He, he is a solid quarterback. It doesn't matter. Like you matter. say, Kirk we, Cousins in prime time, it's, n- it's not him like – it's like he's playing like – yeah, he's had some bad games. It's not like it's every single time he's just shit the bed in prime time. There's times Russell when he Wilson, throws for three fifty. Russell Wilson has accounted for sixteen touchdowns. Sixteen, one six. I'm not talking about Russell Wilson. I'm talking I about am. Seattle defense. You look at Russell. You look at Russell Wilson, and he's gonna he's gonna put up way more points as a quarterback by himself as opposed to that whole offense, uh, that whole Minnesota offense. You know, you look at at least three touchdowns from from Russell Wilson a touchdown or two from the running game, and that's five touchdowns in total. I don't see the Vikings scoring Think about five it, though. You're getting a touchdown from Vegas. Yeah, like – Okay, the so thing. they win by that's four touchdowns. Point, yeah. I just think it's stupid not to think that Seattle – 34-30 right. Seattle. What's your pick? What's your pick? Seattle minus seven. Minnesota plus seven. Okay, same. And money line. You're, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy insane. money makes money, okay? You're insane. You're insane. You yeah. are insane. I cannot wait for next for Wednesday. You're Anna, insane, what do we bro. You're insane. I'm taking Seattle minus seven. Thank you. I, to right. to echo to echo uh, Nick a little bit. I think it's I think it's important to note that they uh, the Minnesota Vikings want to like play on the ground, right? Madison and Dalvin Cook are one of the better one two punches in the game, right? But if minutes if uh if Seattle can go up fourteen nothing and they're still going to try to run the game, or they're still going to try to – they're going to force Kirk Cousins into making plays. I don't think Kirk Cousins can make those types of plays. I don't think he can come back from 14. I don't think he can come back from that extra seven that he's getting. So, I, I, I got to go. I got to go Seattle minus seven. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 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 Sam, I'm going with you. I'm going to take Minnesota with a touchdown. Oh, baby. Um, you insane. Look, I, I don't want to hear it from anybody, but Kirk Cousins can put the points up. I mean – what? Pop- what game Look, are you watching? What kind of what it's kind in of prime time. the last two fucking weeks when he's put up thirty? That's what I'm looking at. Look, he doesn't look. dude. Dalvin Cook is, is scoring two touchdowns a game. He's not Kirk Cousins isn't doing anything. Then cool. Dalvin Cook can put up two touchdowns again. All I'm saying is I got Adam Thielen on my fantasy team and he doesn't get twenty five points a week by himself. We'll leave it at that. We're gonna move on to move or make the case. Um I'm going to kick it off here. And, Nick, I'm, just because you're screaming all day, I'm going to steal it. I'm going to make the case for the Dolphins plus nine. Yes! Um, yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, baby! Yes! Look, it, it's almost two a time. Ryan Fitzpatrick has already expressed his full support for two. He said he's going to be his biggest cheerleader on the sideline when the time is up. Ooh, I did not see that. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is just having fun, and the world knows that. So I don't have to really. He always on. is, bro. He's always having a good time. He's always there. vibing. He's always what, having he a good 38 time. Thirty-eight years Look, old. This San Francisco team is beat up. 
um, and this Dolphins team fights. And I'm a huge fan of Brian Flores. I love what he's doing in Miami. This team is not anywhere close to contention, but they fight. They play hard for that guy. And you're going to give me nine points on a team who isn't as bad as they used to be, playing against a banged-up team, and they play for their head coach? I'll take the nine points, and that's my case. No, I'm not sprinkling. No, I'm not sprinkling. (laughs) Not this week. No. I can't. I, I, I mean, it, it's hard to not will, agree but... with the way that it's hard to not agree with taking the Dolphins pretty much week to week to week. I mean, you look at in like six saying with the way that they're playing under Brian Flores with with the intention and the intensity that they're playing with. It's just hard not to believe in them. You look at San Fran and they just really haven't impressed me this season, even losing to Philly Monday night last week. I mean, yeah, they might be getting Jimmy G back and Mostert. Um, Jimmy G is you know, not going to win you a game, though. He's exactly he's a he's game not manager. Win you a game, but it, even when they were full strength against Arizona, their opening week, they just didn't look they the same smacked. that they look. They just didn't look the same that they looked last year. Um, I don't expect a blowout. I expect a very close game, and I think you know Miami can win. So I complete. I, you know, I'm all aboard the Miami train every single week. <laughs> I will sprinkles, baby. I will sprinkle a little money line Launch on this money because for I, the, I for very the much believe in the Miami Dolphins. I very much believe in Ryan, Fitz, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick as a whole. So I'm 100% on board with you right there, Stick. 100%. All right. Who's next? Who's up? Ahead, you want Sam. me to go? If you, I'll go if, you, if no one's got anything to say. I'm ready to go. Go ahead, go Sammy. Go ahead. So my make the case. So I – I'm not going to lie. I don't have a lot of set logic behind this pick. Behind, besides you got to just make the case. It's a gut feeling. The Bengals plus 13 against I don't hate the it. Ravens. I don't hate it at all. It's a great – I mean, that's a great show. That's Joey great Burrow show. got his first taste of victory, and I don't think he's ready to give that up quite yet. Yeah, he doesn't want to go back wrong. to losing. Granted, it was against the Jaguars, a very, very bad football team. But, yeah, it's, it, they're a lot, Ravens are – obviously, they're a lot better than the Bengals. Like, you know, they're – they feast on, you know, the lower teams in the league. But I, I really <laughs> – You want me to help you out with a quick stat here to back you yep. up? Well, yeah, yeah, I would love that. I would love that, actually. Joe Burrow has three straight yards of 300-plus passing yards. Yes. So that's what I was going to say. Not only does Burrow – so he has thrown for 300 yards in his last three games, six touchdowns, it's one interception. Um, He's legit. Both of, their losses came, both of their losses came within one score. You know, Burrow They're was out there three trying to – 3-0-1 against the spread. Listen, it, Burrow Goat was out there proving right there. himself. And as good as good as the Ravens' defense is, they've allowed the seven passes in the NFL. I'm not convinced on that defense, huh? I'm not convinced on that defense right now. No, they've allowed the seventh most passing yards in the NFL. They're yeah, no, yeah. Well, once they got a real team when they played the uh, the Chiefs, they got torched on both sides of the ball. I mean, Grand, you, the, you the Cincy is nowhere near that, and that's not what I'm saying. But like, 13's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. And, and, like and 31 Burrow, 21, Burrow that's very doable. Proven himself. And game. 13 points is a lot. And you look at the offense on Cincinnati as a whole. T. Higgins has showed out. A.J. Green is just kind of there. Tyler Boyd is kind of a stud. Mixon's kind of a stud. I mean, they have enough. They got weapons. To this game. I think they can keep it somewhat close, like 
Yeah, when I'm saying like 31-21, I feel like that's a very, like, very reasonable score right there. Like 10 points, hey, it's still a cover. It's definitely possible. All right. I don't hate it. I don't. I don't see why the. If if you know, there's, I don't there's have logic behind it. It's more just there's a, gut a possibility feeling. the Ravens. There's a possibility the Ravens just don't wake up for this game. If they're you know see Bengals on the schedule, if they see rookie quarterback on the schedule, they might just be sleepwalking. Your average rookie, but yeah, yeah I, 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 I no, I I get what you're saying though. Yeah, um, or they can come out and try to do too much against Joe Burrow against a rookie, and if Joe Burrow's as good as advertised, then he might be able to pick him apart. So either way, I think I think this is a pretty safe uh, pretty safe bet, um, which I guess I can lean into my make the case and. Uh, I got a, I got a, I got a confession to make, and it's uh, I enjoy watching Las Vegas Raiders football. <gasps> I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I, I, I went to, uh, I went to my local church. Um, <laughs> I, I went to confession. Our Lady in the me, Valley. And he told me no free ads. That uh, I, I wore a mask, of course. Um, and I, I told the guy, and he was like. No, they're actually really good. And I was like, I right, man, thank you, Father. Um, no, but I like I like watching them play. I feel like Derek Carr has been a phenomenal quarterback this season. And really in mm-hmm. his past like 10, 15 games, he's been he's been really good, like top five, top six level of production. Um, the Chiefs last week absolutely dog walked the the Patriots, right? What? What? They dog, all right. They dog walked Brian Hoyer and the Patriots. No, I listen. It was close until the end. There was a pick six, and that was it. Yeah, and that's that's what I want to get at. I don't think I don't think Derek Carr's making the mistake. I don't think Derek Carr's making the mistakes that Brian Hoyer makes. Obviously, the Patriots' defense is a lot better than what the 49ers try to throw out there. And Max Crosby is not as good of a coach as Bill Belichick. No. Nobody is. Um, but I think John Gruden has enough offensive gusto to, to try to put up some numbers and try to at least keep it within nine or ten points. I believe this line it's, right now is at it's 11, 11 and a half. half. It's 11 and a half. I feel comfortable taking that. Even if I, I love I, that. This, this feels like a backdoor cover. Like, they could be down 17 the entire time and get that garbage time Sneaky touchdown. Sneaky backdoor covers. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, my microphone fell. Um, <laughs> Jesus. You got to also remember this is a divisional game. Yeah, it's rivalry week. Yeah, um, uh, and not to mention Derek Carr the only is completing th- almost seventy four percent of his passes. Yeah, exactly. He's been a t- he he's been a wide receiver. I, I'm pretty sure he's yet to throw a pick yet. Correct? I don't know. Run interception. Um, he plays really safe, and they have a decent running game too that I think can keep uh, that keeps Jacobs that, with Josh that Jacobs. Dude. Yeah, they can keep that uh, that Chiefs team on their on their toes. Um, I don't know if it, I, I feel I feel like a little dirty taking them because it's the MVP and it's Pat Mahomes, but I'm I'm riding with uh, I'm riding with Derek Carr. I like the pick because look, if you look at that Chiefs defense, like they have guys there. They have Anthony Hitchens in the middle, who's really come on as a good linebacker for them. But who on that defense realistically is going to cover Darren Waller? I'm being serious. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Who? It should be it, Willie Gay Jr who has Rookie. been ups yeah ups and downs this entire season um that linebacking core they've showed up and that secondary yeah. has showed up but like i like i i just see the names and i Can't can't cover I darren, can't waller, though? That's, darren waller is what evan engram should be and i'm starting to really this game is this game is going to come down to how well that offensive line for the raiders can protect Derek carr can they give him a chance to make plays and you know steve spagnolo is going to bring the pressure every opportunity he's been Love one that, of the man. better offensive coordinators since he's left the giants and shocker it's what happens defensive to talent 
that uh, d- yeah, defensive coordinators. It's what happens when you have talent. So it's a big pressure spot. I think the I think the Raiders are uh, I think the Raiders are pretty good. I'm, I'm not going to call them legit, but uh, they're, I'm going to call them pretty good. All right, Nick, round it out. I think that that's a good segue into me. So we, we talk about Kansas City, or you talked about Kansas City and Pat Mahomes. So Pat Mahomes, his career passer rating is a 109.4. Is that the good? The Cowboys defense is that's allowing insane. a passer rating of 114.3. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not good. Oh, I already know what you're saying. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying here? Let's go, baby! <laughs> so I'm talking about the Giants – Plus ten on the road. It's eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. We can't be given. We can't be given faulty lines here. What is it, Nick? It's eight and a half. I will take the eight and a half. So here we go. So the NFC, the NFC East has obviously been the laughing stock of the NFL. The division is a combined three twelve and one. As is tradition. Which is it, it's yeah. funny because the NFC East used to be the powerhouse, and now it's the complete laughing stock. Yeah, like twelve years ago. The Cowboys have turned the ball over nine times in four games, and they're at the bottom of the NFL in turnover differential at minus seven. So if they can take care of the ball, you know, they might be able to take it. You know, they might be able to be okay. But I know today, Manor and I were talking about how good the Giants' defense is this year. Now, the Giants aren't winning football games because their offense is so horrendous. Bottom five. Huh? Bottom five, de- uh, bottom five offense, top Correct. five defense. I, I would give the bottom. The, I don't care. Give them like great bear. I, I, they're the they're they're terrible. And we're Guardians, we're Giants. New York Giants. We're, we're all <laughs> Giants fans here, and I can guarantee you, all four of us have watched the Giants get you know play abysmally in the past four weeks, and it's tough to watch. They looked good against Pittsburgh at times, but since then it's been a dumpster fire. They look so, good against the Rams, to be fair. Unless we're talking did. about the now, offense. Now, that's, that's another thing is, is, is last week against the Rams, they showed a lot of grit and a lot of toughness, especially towards the end of that game. You see Manor and I talked about Nick Gates getting in a fight with Aaron Donald. You talk about Golden Tate getting in a fight with Jalen Ramsey. These guys are kind of pissed off that they're not well, – There was some personal stuff, I think, with, with yeah. Tate yeah. and Ramsey. I wouldn't throw there's the Tate some, Ramsey in there, but there's, – There's some behind-the-scenes action where – these guys are these guys are are kind of pissed off. They're not winning football games, and and I under I completely under I mean as a fan I'm pissed off, but knowing that the team you know the players are itching to win a football game makes me feel better, especially as a I mean as a fan, but as a gambler too. Um, you know the Cowboys they're leading the league with eight yards per attempt, and you know that's that's top fifteen in the league, and that's fine. But we're we again I talk about the Giants defense, who's again top ten in the league. We talk about James Bradbury the third, who's out, who's exceeded expectations. Blake Martinez, our middle linebacker, who's exceeded expectations, who's top five in the league in tackles. Our defensive line is pretty good. Um, I can see this is a game where Daniel Jones kind of finally figures it out. And this is a revenge game for Jason Garrett, too. Jason Garrett's kind of been ousted by the Cowboys, especially for the past three, four years. Nobody wanted him in there as a head coach. And this is his time to kind of get back and get right against Jerry Jones and that franchise as a whole. Um, The the Cowboys' secondary as a whole is giving up 7.4 yards per pass attempt, which is 20-15. So you're, you're talking about a defense who just kind of gets pulled apart by every team that they've played this year. And eight points is a lot of points. And, I mean, the Giants haven't won against the Cowboys in four years. And I'm not saying the Giants are They're due. They're due. But, listen, I'm not saying the Giants are going to win on Sunday. Would it be great? Yes. 
But you're talking about a 4.30 game, a primetime game on Sunday, and I, I feel real comfortable taking the Giants here. And I took them last week, plus 12 and a half, and the last three seconds of this podcast. And I, I, I just really feel good about the Giants this week. Um, like I said, the, the kind of grit that they showed last week against the, the, the Rams makes me feel really good about this week. I think this is probably – like when, when – I remember back to draft night. I When the Cowboys made that pick at 17 or 16, whatever it was, and they picked C.D. Lamb, I said, oh, shit. And this is exactly why. You now have Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup, three guys, Amari Cooper a number one, and then two number twos behind him. C.D. Lamb is already a number two in this league. I don't care. His speed alone creates – an opportunity for him to be a good number two in this league. Then you look at the Giants secondary. I know that the defense has been good, but that's been primarily Blake Martinez, uh, James Bradbury, which is part of the secondary, but he's only one piece of the secondary. There's three receivers that they have to cover. And the D-line has been good. If the Giants don't get the pressure, which I'm not solely convinced that they're going to do, I think they can do it. But you look at, you look at the Cowboys offensive line, that's what they've touted for years and years and years as an offensive line. So if the Cowboys can neutralize that defensive line, and the Giants don't get pressure, that secondary is going to get picked apart. I don't care who James Bradbury is covering because you still have – even if he's on Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb's going to be open because of the speed, and uh, Michael Gallup's going to be open. Okay. And I just think this is a really big mismatch, and I'm really afraid to watch on that Sunday. That offense is not – help that that defense is it's just oh, scary and then you have See, zeke my, my you're not thing, even thinking about thing zeke and, and deck yeah neither is mike mccarthy's not thinking about zeke he's getting like 14 true. touches a, a game it's a great my play. thing with this game is it's going to be a huge offense versus offense game the cowboys are are, are, are allowing a what's the over on that game what 54 um i'll get it for you yeah 54 Okay, so the Cowboys are allowing a league-worst 36.5 points a game, and they have the third-worst coverage rate and the fourth-worst rushing defense. We scored nine points against a depleted Niners defense, Nick. What do you think is going to happen? This is the get-right game. I don't care. I don't care. we got to believe at some point, okay? Okay. got to keep believing. Okay, so I talked about this with Manor earlier this morning, especially when we're talking about we're talking about Washington and about how Dwayne Haskins got benched and he got put in a really bad situation. This this season is really tough for uh, teams that are getting new coaching staffs. So you're looking at no preseason, no preparation. You know, we'll talk, I'll talk about the Giants. Daniel Jones hasn't had time to adjust to Jason Garrett or you know Garrett's offense. He hasn't had time to adjust and figure it out. So, I mean, he's had four games, and this might be the fifth game where he can get it right. You know, the, the, the Cowboys are actually pretty lucky that they have won a game. They should not have beat the Falcons in that first game. The Cowboys should be 0-4. I just really think that good this point. is a get-right game for the Giants, and I think plus, it, plus eight and a half is good here. Um I don't want to take it because I know if I take it, they're going to lose or they're not going to cover. So I'm not going to gamble on it, but I will talk about it here and I feel comfortable with that. Okay. All right. Let's move on to Monday night. Um, there are actually two Monday night games. One is tentative. It's a coronavirus pushback. Um, the Broncos and the Patriots. Uh, but the one we, and there's no line for that out yet. So we're not going to talk about it because we're a sports betting show and we don't have a betting line. Um, but we are going to talk about the Chargers against the Saints. That's an 8-15 game on Monday. The other one is tentatively set for 5 o'clock. Um, the Saints are eight-point favorites against the Chargers. 
in New Orleans. Um, total set at 50 and a half. You can get New Orleans on the money line at minus 380 and the Chargers at plus 300 here. Um, I'm going to kick it off. I, I think that this Chargers team can cover eight points against the Saints. Um, yeah. Yes. The Saints haven't really impressed yes, me whatsoever. Um, Justin Herbert, I think, is really showing that he is, he's got the capabilities to be a good quarterback in this league. Um, no, they haven't been winning. Yes, they've been competitive. I feel like it's the story of the Chargers over the last couple of years. Like last year, they lost like how many games within three points? I can't. I don't know the record, but it's a lot. Um, they went like six and ten, but easily could have been like ten and six, eleven and five. Yeah, I mean, look, Drew Brees is on the decline. He's in his twilight years. Um, he still has his ability to show flashes of greatness and why he's Drew Brees and why he's a future Hall of Famer. But I, I just think this Chargers team is way too competitive. Like even with Eckler out, I think Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson are two good running backs behind him that have the ability to mix it up and they're going to be able to get the job done on the ground. And the one thing that really pisses me off about the chargers. And I think if they get him involved, their offense just creates a completely new dimension. And that's Hunter Henry. He used to be on the intro to our podcast last season. He's not, he's not on the intro anymore, but throw the man, the ball. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. I don't understand, but I I just think the chargers can, uh, can definitely get this done. I, the Listen, I, I want to go quick there. off of what you were talking about with the running game too. Um, last week it was, was tough for Josh Kelly and, uh, uh, and, and Josh Jackson because they played the Bucs who are in the league. They're the best rushing team, uh, rushing defense in the league. So obviously they're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, the weeks before prior when they played the Panthers and the Bengals, they were averaging 5.3 yards per carry. Um, so obviously that rushing duo can get it done. And you talk about – the, the weapons that Justin Herbert has, uh, you talked about Hunter Henry, but you look at Keenan Allen, who's just such a staple in this league, who's such a staple in this, in this just Chargers offense, who's arguably a t- – he, he might be one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. Um, you know, uh, he, he's a crazy route runner. He goes up against the ball. We talk about Mike Williams, who's a crazy uh, uh, a red zone threat, who's a tall wide receiver on the edge who, who can easily be an outlet um, for Justin Herbert. And Herbert in general, you know, he's been throwing – his passer rating is 102.2. I mean, he's there. And, and and Anthony Lynn has just recently in the past day expressed that he is ready to make Justin Herbert the starter of he that is. offense. He did it. I think he officially did, like, like announced that. Exactly. He, he came out and said, listen, I drafted – Justin Herbert's going to be a starter. I drafted him to be the starter, and this is how it's going to be. So Herbert's got the full confidence of his head coach – the, the whole offense is behind him and eight and a half points against New Orleans. I, you know, it's, it, you talk about, you talk about an empty stadium. That's what I'm also thinking about. You look at New Orleans and if they had that, that stadium full and they have Michael Thomas, maybe I feel a little different, but breeze looks like he's on a decline. You look at an empty stadium over here. Their defense is good, but their offense hasn't been really that impressive. The, the only impressive part was Alvin Kamara. The rest of it hasn't really been too crazy. So I feel great taking the chargers plus eight and a half here. I guess yeah, uh, I guess I'm him. alone. R.I.P. Go ahead, man. We don't tell. I, I I'm gonna take New Orleans here. Um, I just think they're the better team. I just think better team wins. Better team covers. Um, they better team wins. I mean, it covers, bro. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna cover. I don't think it's gonna be much of a game. This this the, despite all the struggles that you guys have mentioned, <laughs> this Saints team is still fifth in the league in scoring. They average it. Yikes. 
No, I, I, I'm taking New Orleans. They're, they're, despite their struggles, they still have the fifth-ranked scoring, uh, scoring offense in the league, right? The problem is they give up just as many points as they score. 30.8 on the, on the dot, exactly, for scoring and points they've given up. Um, the problem is for the Chargers that their offense isn't that good. They rank 27th out of 32 in scoring offense. They've only scored 83 times this, this year. And you're right, Justin Herbert has looked solid. I mean, he's... He's throwing the ball downfield with, like, dudes in his face, and he's completing passes. If you look last week, the dudes that he completed passes to are, like, basically nobodies. And I'm not expecting those – I'm not going to bet my money on those nobodies showing up again. So, if Lattimore can lock down Keenan Allen, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable letting the two backup running backs and some scrubs I've never heard of that they picked off the, the, the practice squad last week as opposed to – a. No, man. You're talking about Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. Talk about all pro. They didn't play. They didn't play. They're, they're not going to play. They're he's out. Gonna play. What do you mean he's not going to play? They're out. He's not out. They were out Mike last Williams week. Not out. Mike nine. Williams is not out. Okay. All right. I'm still, t- I'm still, taking, I'm still taking New Orleans. They're a better Who's team Drew Brees by leaps and bounds. Emmanuel Sanders? Who's Drew Brees throwing besides Emmanuel Sanders? Alvin Kamara. The best running back in the league right now, game. Alvin Kamara. It, it, Who else? It's, Who else? Their Who entire else? playbook is checked okay, down to Alvin Kamara. The Carolina Panthers have the be- ha- had the best running back in the league, and they were 0-2. So what's your argument there? Kamara's a better running back? Then, then, then Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah. No! Yeah. I would take I would take Kamara over Christian McCaffrey. I don't think it, it's debatable. We could we can have this argument another time, but I, I you know this is not the time it's for it. Debatable. <laughs> I, I it's debatable. Yeah, it's not anything's like debatable. No. But I'm telling you, McCaffrey's a better running back. It's definitely not a flat out think, no. There's an argument to be made. Can you yeah. give Kamara the ball thirty times a game? Yeah, yeah, he does. He gets it. Whether it's in the air on the ground, he gets hurt. What do you Wait, mean? He's getting the ball that made right right now because this Christian Michael McCaffrey Thomas. is hurt. <laughs> he's not even playing in either of these two games, so I don't know. All right, Sam, Chargers money line, you're going with it? No, I'm I'm going with plus eight and a half. Okay. Plus eight, whatever it is. It might right, be a little um, sprinkle come like game time if I'm like maybe had a good weekend, but you know, plus eight and a half. I'm New Orleans should win this game, but I think it's close. All right, as you, Nick you touched on anything I was gonna say, so as Nick Cowers in distress, I'm just going to point out that there is going to be a Tuesday night game most likely. Um, it's going to be Bills-Titans. There's no line for that, so we can't touch on that either. I can't believe you just told me that Alvin Kamara. Yeah, he is. Nick, we'll, I mean, save, we'll save it for it's like possible. five minutes from now. We'll Guys, save it. Can we, talk, can we talk about this Bills game anyway, even though we don't have a line on it? It might not even happen. I don't want to waste airtime on it. Bills by we a can, thousand. That's all that matters. What is it, Bills-Titans? Yeah. There's no spread, so it's there's no spread. There's nothing to talk about. Like I don't know. Titans haven't been inside their their facility in a year, so who cares about what the Titans do? Bills. Yeah. Bills correct. by a thousand if they play. Yeah, Bills by a thousand. Josh Allen should be in the running for MVP this year. Um, he's a great quarterback. That offense is good. Their defense is fantastic. Forget about it. All right, that just about wraps up this episode of the Caps On Podcast, Caps On Sports believe- Podcast. I can't- uh, Nick's pissed off here, but as he's throwing pillows, you can follow us on Twitter at Caps on Sports, uh, on Instagram, Caps on dot Sports. Check out the website, CapsOnSports.com. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And until next week, my name is Tyler Blumenstick, alongside Anthony Mano, Nick Tobias, and Sam Meehan, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>